All right. So we will do chapter 17, canto 5. This is the descent of river Ganga. Sukhdev Goswami said, "My dear king, Lord Vishnu, the enjoyer of all sacrifices, appeared as Vamandev in the sacrificial arena of Bali Maharaj. Then he extended his left foot to the end of the universe and pierced a hole in the covering with the nail of his big toe. Through the hole, the pure water of the causal ocean entered the universe as Ganga River." having washed the lotus feet of the lord which was covered with reddish powder the water of the ganga acquired a very beautiful pink color every living being can immediately purify his mind of material contamination by touching the transcendental water of the ganga yet its water remains ever pure because the ganga directly touches the lotus feet of the lord before descending within the universe she is known as vishnupadi later she received other names like janvi and bhagirathi after 1000 millenniums the water of the ganga descended on dhruvalok the topmost planet in the universe therefore all learned sages and scholars who proclaim dhruvalok to be vishnupad which is situated in the lord vishnu's feet so in this chapter we are going to do how the river ganga came on to this earth so we have to go back to the time of king bali maharaj a bali maharaj if you recollect vaman dev that is the avatar of vishnu which was a tiny avatar of vishnu he had gone to challenge the great king that is bali maharaj so in this story we are going to get a different version of how ganga came to this earth Dhruva Maharaj the famous son of Maharaj Uttanpat is known as the most exalted devotee of the supreme lord because of his firm determination in executing devotional service knowing that the sacred ganga water washes the lot washes the lotus feet of lord vishnu dhruva maharaj situated in his own planet to this very day accepts that water on the head with great devotion because he constantly thinks of krishna very devotedly within the core of his heart he is overcome with ecstatic anxiety tears flowed from his open eyes half open eyes and eruptions appear on his entire body this is in this particular episode where the river ganga is washing the feet of the lord if you recollect in the previous verse it was mentioned that his feet were red in color red in color with the mud and when it is washing the feet it is entering the earth so the moment it enters the earth this particular water is taken by the devotees and actually all the devotees of the divine lord they take the water of which is washing the feet of the divine and then they use it as a tirth as something which is which we call as a prasad as well they i they put it on their head they'll drink it these are the things which are done and the moment you do this kind of a thing you will find that the devotion increases multifolds so the person is overcome with himself Ex- ecstasy which is called the devotional ecstasy when the person gets lost in the divine and tears will come these are certain 
signs which appear on a human body. Horripilations will come. The seven great rishis, that is sages, Marichi, Vashishta, Atri and so on, reside on planet beneath Dhruvalo. Well aware of the influence of the water of the Ganga, to this day they keep Ganga water on the tuft of hair on their heads. They have concluded that this is the ultimate wealth. The perfection of all the austerities and the best means of prosecuting transcendental life, having obtained uninterrupted devotional service to the Supreme Personality of Godhead, they neglect all beneficial processes like religion, economic development, sense gratification and even merging into the Supreme. Just as Jnanis think that merging into the existence of the Lord is the highest truth, these seven exalted personalities accept devotional service as the perfection of life. There is a difference between these two. See, those who have reached the state of perfection through Jnana Yoga, they want to be lost in the divine, that means getting dissolved in the divine. Whereas those who are the devotees of the Lord, they never ask for what is called as a dissolution in the divine. That is, getting lost means losing yourself. The self gets dissolved in the self. That is not accepted by the devotees. The devotees have a completely different agenda. They will always want to be at the feet of the Divine Lord. That is, they are always at the feet of Sri Krishna. Even if they are offered anything on this planet earth, even the highest position, they still don't accept that. Now in the previous chapter, in the previous line, we learned that the higher planet is called the Dhruva's planet, isn't it? Below that is the Saptarishi. Now you know Saptarishi, no? Saptarishis are the seven great stars that are there in our constellations as we call them. These are the seven great constellations that exist. Dhruva, Dhruva star, that is particular star which is called always constant in the sky. That's called the pole star. Okay. Now these are always there, existing. So these Saptarishis are always, we will find them going around us. So at this particular thing, what is mentioned over here in this line, let us see. These particular Rishis, what do they do? They take the water of this Ganga and they are using it as Tirtha. Otherwise, they are not interested in getting lost in this divine. In this, lost in the sense, those who are Brahmanyanis, they want to be dissolved in the self. Always dissolved, dissolution will happen. Whereas the true devotees do not want to be dissolved. See, they have concluded that this is the ultimate wealth. So having in, obtained inter, uninterrupted devotional service of Supreme Personality of Godhead, they neglect all, that is see, see what they have written, they neglect all beneficial processes like religion, economic development, sense gratification and even merging in the Supreme. These are the four things that are mentioned. The first one that they are mentioning is religion. Religion where we are following a particular process of understanding the divine through a particular 
sa you know uh, textbooks on like we have a particular religion like hinduism is a is a type of a religion christianity these are religious uh, people all over the world they follow particular teachings uh, certain books these people are not even interested in that second economic development they are not interested in the economic development also so they are not bothered about money growth wealth so on and so forth they are not even interested in sense gratification nothing will interest them as far as their senses are concerned and last but not the least they are saying that they are not even interested in dissolving the divine after purifying the seven planets near dhruva lok that is the pole star the ganga water is carried through the spaceways of the demigods in billions of celestial airplanes there it inundates the moon chandra lok and finally reaches lord brahma's abode atop mount meru so mount meru is near the place where brahma lok is correct it is what we say in our world in our normal human world as what we say as a solar plexus that is a place where the meru mountain is is there just above that is the other all the gods are there the highest planet is called the pole star because that from there the entire thing is directed everywhere below that are the saptarishis all right so the water is flowing from down there it enters into the stream and then it goes and meets all the gods it is going by airplanes it is said airplanes means what airplanes definitely means in our world what we say is thought processes you know they travel by means of a particular process which is not even you say you know the nerve endings are taking the nerve impulses isn't it but thoughts how do they travel they travel by what is called as an airplane now airplane is something which we have to yet decipher because so far we have not gone into the subject so let us come to the end of it we will see what airplane stands for which airline are we talking about okay so on top of mount meru the ganga divides into four branches each of which gushes into different directions east west north and south these branches are known by the names sita alaknanda chakshu and bhadra flow down to the ocean down to the ocean means wherever the ocean ends these are four tributaries which are spread out so what are they sita alaknanda chakshu and bhadra the bra- the branch of the ganga known as sita flows through the brahmapuri atop mount meru and from there it runs down to the nearby peaks of the kesarachala mountains which stand almost as high as mount meru itself these mountains are like a bunch of filaments around mount meru from the kesarachala mountains the ganga falls into the peak of gandamadana mountains and then flows into the land of the badrashwa varsha finally it reaches the ocean of salt water in the west the west so remember the east and the west north and the south i will come back to all this all right the branch of the ganga known as chakshu falls onto the summit of malyavan mountains malya malya is the breeze which has got sandalwood it always gives the smell of chandana all right 
and from their cascades onto the land of Ketumala Varsha. The Ganga flows incessantly through Ketumala Varsha into the way and reaches the ocean of salt water in the west. The branch of the Ganga, known as Bhadra, flows from the northern side of Mount Meru. Its water falls onto the peak of Kumuda Mountains, Mount Nila, Shweta Mountains and Shangavan Mountains in succession, four mountains in total. Thus it runs down into the province of the Kuru and after crossing through that land flows into the salt water ocean in the north. Now the ocean has changed. Remember the two previous ones are in the west. This one is flowing in the north. This is Bhadra. Similarly, the branch of Ganga, known as Alakananda, flows from the southern side of Brahmapuri, that is Brahmasadana, passing through the top of the mountains in various lands. It falls down in, by the fear force upon the peaks of the mountain, Hemakuta and Himakuta. After inundating the top of these mountains, the Ganga falls down onto the track of land known as Bharatvarsh, which she is also inundated. Then the Ganga flows into the ocean of salt water in the south, two onto the west, one into the north, last into the south. Persons who come to bathe in this river are fortunate. It is not very difficult for them to achieve with every step the result of the performing great sacrifices like the Rajasuya or the Ashwamedh Yagya. Many other rivers, both big and small, flow from the top of the Mount Meru. These rivers are like daughters of the mountains and they flow to the various tracts of land in hundreds of branches. Among the nine Varshas, the tract of the land known as Bharatvarsh is understood to be the field of fruitive activity. So if I have to ask you, which is a place where fruitive activity happens? It is always happening below the navel. You know, you have to always remember the Bharatvarsha is a place where it's a land where you do activities. Lot of things are happening. So it is always below the solar plexus, just below the solar plexus. Just above the solar plexus and below the heart is this Meru mountain. Alright? So, Learned scholars and saintly persons declared that the other eight Varshas to be meant, meant for the very highly elevated pious persons. After returning from the heavenly planet, they enjoy the remaining results of their pious activities in these eight earthly Varshas. Varshas lands. In the eight Varshas or tracts of land, like we say Bharat Varsha. So that is why land. Alright. So don't forget. Varsha means a land. A place where you have land. Human beings live 10,000 years according to earthly calculations. All the inhabitants are almost like demigods. This is during the first and the second yoga where the time span was quite big. At that time. According to earthly calculations. All the inhabitants are almost like demigods. They are almost like that. means every human being has a power equivalent to a demigod. 
they have bodily strength of 10000 elephants indeed the bodies are as sturdy as thunderbolts the youthful duration of their life is very pleasing and both men and women enjoy sexual union with great pleasure for a long time after years of sensual pleasure when a balance of one year of life remains the wife conceives a child thus the standard of pleasure for the resident of these heavenly regions is exactly like that of human beings who lived during the treta yuga treta is the second yuga so this is how the activities are charted out in each of those tract of lands there are many gardens filled with flowers and fruits according to the seasons and there are beautifully decorated hermitages as well between the great mountains demarcating the borders of those lands lie enormous lakes of clear water filled with near newly grown lotus flowers aquatic birds such as swans ducks water chickens and cranes become greatly excited by the fragrance of the lotus flowers and the charming sound of bumblebees fill the air the inhabitants of these lands are important leaders among the demigods always attended by their respective servants they enjoy life in gardens alongside the lake in this pleasing situation the wives of the demigods smile playfully at their husbands and look upon them with lusty desires all the demigods and their wives are constantly supplied with sandalwood pulp and flower garlands by their servants in this way all the residents of the eight heavenly varshas enjoy attracted by the activities of the opposite sex to show mercy to his devotees in each of these nine tracts of land nine tracts of land eight we have discussed the ninth one like you remember is the bharat varsha so the nine tracts of land the supreme personality of godhead known as narayana expands himself in his quadruple principles of vasudev shankarsana pradyumna and anirudh in this way he remains near his devotees to accept their services this is happening during the third yuga between the second and the third yuga so we have krishna that is the supreme divine consciousness is split into four personalities that is sri krishna himself then balram then anirudh and pradyumna sukhdev goswami said in the tract of nan known as ilyavart varsha the only male person is lord shiva the most powerful demigod goddess durga the wife of lord shiva does not like any man to enter that land if any foolish man does dares to do so she immediately turns him into a woman i shall explain this later in the ninth canto of shrimad bhagavatam so <laughs> we are going to understand that in the ninth canto so till that time you have to wait what is this sex change operation happening if somebody enters the domain of <laughs> of shivji's domain okay and parvati doesn't like all these things so let us see that later on so so ilyavrat varsha lord shiva is always encircled by 10 billion maid servants of goddess durga who minister to him the quadruple expansion of the supreme lord is composed of vasudev pradyumna anirudh and shankarsana 
Shankarshana, that is the fourth expansion, that is Balram, hmm? is certainly transcendental, but because his activities of destruction in the material world are the mode of ignorance, he is known as Tamasi, the Lord's form in the mode of ignorance. So, Balram is always Shankarshana. He is Tamasik in nature. Lord Shiva knows that Shankarshana is the original cause of his own existence and thus he always meditates upon him in trance by chanting the following mantra. So, Shivji is always chanting the name of Shankarshana because he comes from that domain. The most powerful Lord Shiva says, O Supreme Personality of Godhead, I offer my respectful obeisance unto you. In your expansion of Lord Shankarshana, you are the reservoir of all transcendental qualities. Although you are unlimited, you remain unmanifest to the non-devotees. O my Lord, you are the only worshipable person, for you are the Supreme Personality of Godhead, the reservoir of all opulences. Your secure lotus feet are the only source of protection for all your devotees, whom you satisfy by maintaining yourself in the various forms. O my Lord, you deliver your devotees from the clutches of material existence. Non-devotees, however, remain entangled in the material existence by your own will. Kindly accept me as your eternal servant. Now, in this, if you have noticed, there is nowhere mentioned that those who are non-devotees are going to go to hell. There is nothing like hell in our world. Hell is this earth. We go through, this earth is actually what we say as the karma bhumi, you know, karma bhumi. We have to perform karmas. And these karmas are nothing but the things that we we have to keep on doing. So if we take something from somebody, we have to return it back. If we give something to somebody, we have to get it back. So this is nothing but the karma bhumi, where give and take happens. Everything is then equalized over here. So here in this, it is mentioned very clearly, that you have to come back and you have to keep on repaying whatever debts that you owe. And there is no place like a hell where you are going to get roasted and all that. Okay, there is no such type of thing. So, so you have to come back into material existence. We cannot control the force of our anger. Therefore, when we look at material things, we cannot avoid feeling attraction or repulsion from them. Now, this is, everybody goes through this, isn't it? That why does this happen? It happens because of this fourth principle which we are now learning about. But the Supreme Lord is never affected by in this way. Although he glances over the material world for the purpose of creating, maintaining and destroying it. He is not affected even to the slightest degree. Therefore, one who desires to conquer the force of senses must take shelter at the lotus feet of the Lord. Then he will be victorious. The reason why I am just waiting to see where if it ends, then I can take a small idea about how this happens. Alright. So, for persons with impure vision, the Supreme Lord's eyes appear like those to someone who indiscriminately drinks intoxicating beverages. Thus bewildered, such unintelligent persons become angry at the Supreme Lord and due to their angry mood, the Lord himself appears angry and very fearful. However, 
this is an illusion when the wives of the serpent demons were agitated by the touch of lord's fe- lord's lotus feet due to the shyness they could proceed no further in their worship of him yet the lord remained unagitated by their touch for he is equipoised in all circumstances therefore who will not worship the supreme personality of god hai in these last two lines it is mentioned that human beings they all always falling to something which is called anger they keep on getting angry most of the time sometimes they get angry sometimes they get happy sometimes they get sad they are always swinging from right to left so what is the way out of this situation remember the supreme divine lord is always lost in the transcendental bliss of his divine self and that is the reason why he is not contaminated if i translate these words you know what these words are saying to you very clearly it is saying the lord is lost in his own self all right remember these words we will do them very shortly so yet the lord remains unagitated now in this they have given one example in this line what had happened was sri krishna he had gone to retrieve that ball which had fallen into that particular lake if you recollect there at that time the snake kaliya he had taken this ball and he was not giving him and he was a poisonous snake so he was not giving those balls to these children who were playing that is the gopis they were playing so sri krishna goes and he stands on top of the hood of this particular snake now that is a time now this particular snake had a lot of wives over there listening to these wives later on sri krishna gives him an upashap where he is then transported back to the land where garuda was there earlier garuda because of garuda's fear he had come to this particular place from here he again goes back to the same place and he resides back over there again now these wives of this particular snake they were also touching the feet of the divine so they were getting see it is said when the wives of the supreme the serpent demon were agitated by the touch of the lord's lotus feet due to shyness they could proceed no further in their worship of him it's an intoxicated state that the person gets into whereas the lord is not at all disturbed by this kind of show of affection that which goes through him he is never disturbed in whichever way that you look at him he is always in an equipoise state lord shiva continued now this is a prayer all right all the great sages accept the lord of the source of creation maintenance and destruction although he has nothing to do with these activities therefore the lord is called unlimited although the lord is his incarnation as shesha holds all the universe on his hood each universe feels no heavier than a mustard seed to him therefore what personal desire desiring perfection will not worship the lord imagine the lord has all these universes on top of the you see the the snakes adishesha he has got multiple hoods on that or do not mix adishesha with the other snake over here kaliya is different than adishesha okay otherwise we will mix it up that is balram by the way and that is another snake over there from the supreme personality of godhead appears lord brahma whose body is made from the total material energy the reservoir of intelligence predominated by the passion mode of material nature from lord brahma i myself am born as a representation of the false 
ego known as rudra who is saying these words shivji is saying these words so from brahma ji is this particular false ego is born which is called rudra the rudra avatar by my own power i create all other demigods the five elements and the senses therefore i worship the supreme personality of godhead who is greater than any of us under whose control are situated all the demigods material elements and senses and even lord brahma and i myself like birds bound by a rope only by the lord's grace can we create maintain and annihilate the material world therefore i offer my respectful obeisance unto the supreme being the illusory energy of the supreme personality of godhead binds all of us conditioned souls to this material world who is saying this all of us shivji is saying this prayer remember don't forget therefore without being favored by him persons like us cannot understand how to get out of the illusory energy let me offer my respectful obeisance unto the lord who is the cause of creation and annihilation this ends fifth canto 17th chapter of the shrimad bhagavatam now coming back to all these things where we had all started remember we were talking about the river ganga the river ganga is the one which washes the entire karma bhumi basically from top to bottom remember river ganga is always she is tied up in the jata jata of the lord that is shivji's isn't it just about that see there are two domains which we have to understand first and foremost shivji's domain is higher up below that is the pole star below that is the saptarishi below that is the vasudev's ocean okay below that is the particular place which we call as brahma loka which is nothing but the place where brahma ji resides below that is the earth that is the human earth and below that where everything keeps on happening you know all the activities or what we say the fruitive activities so did you understand how the step by step is there now one step which we i did not say over here let me tell it to you if the head of shiva is the place from where the great ganga is flowing from you remember it is flowing like this it's shown in the movies and pictures and all he tied it up so that it will not have problem and the water is coming from the feet of the supreme divine consciousness so now where does the supreme divine consciousness reside isn't he residing higher than all these planes put together so every domain that you can see is still higher than that domain is the divine consciousness so now if you actually see you will come to know that higher now if i have to divide the body in such a way you will find that the plane which is unmanifest to the manifest the in between space is the place where the supreme divine consciousness is the river is flowing into that place it's high up over here high up on top of the head 
outside the body yet inside the body so the domain is starting from the top of the crown as we say crown we have the crown isn't it to crown from there it starts now you think about it from a different perspective which everybody has been talking about if you look at it from every religious perspective you will find that there is a halo halo on top of the head hmm? rather behind it they show no it is always angular the same halo is projected in other religions as a crown on top of the head halo it's like this angular then on top of the head it is always shown like that that is a divine that is a place where the supreme divine consciousness resides from there entering the domains that means the river ganga flows from the top domain right up to the bottom to from the top to the bottom of the entire being that is the entire body of the divine it is flowing so now you will see if you actually try to see inside the body there are number of things that happen flowing all through our being what are the things that flow you will find the nerves are there hmm? then that is the flow that is in and out that is top bottom then you have the flow of the waters of the body which is nothing but what we say as the blood right the third one the third one is what we have over here that thing which flows all over our body what do you know you know what it is called what is it called hey i don't know what it is called i forgotten the name so that's why i'm asking you what is it called what is it that flows all over our body besides this it is uh, mm, it's a liquid it's a liquid which flows all over the body then the fourth one which is not visible the third one i the moment i get the name i'll tell you the fourth one is invisible the reason why it is invisible because it is nothing but the flowing of energy it's an energy flow the rest of it is a flow of liquids or impulses impulses liquids fluids the body fluids are flowing the fourth one is nothing but the flow of the thoughts the thoughts are that which are i told you now i'm going to tell you about the thoughts in the end so these are the thoughts which happen if you if you ask anybody how the thoughts are generated you they will always point out to the head they say i am thinking the the word called think we always point to the head don't we point to the head and we say oh, i am thinking about something so the generation of thought is happening in this particular domain that is the fourth one which we say as the domain of the thoughts the thought flow does not happen by the normal flow of our bodily fluids how does the bodily fluids work they work through the veins the arteries the canals the you know all that whereas this doesn't require what we say as it is not even going through what we say as a nervous system nervous system carries impulses not thoughts thoughts are flowing 
in completely a very different kind of an esoteric plane all right so thoughts are created in the human beings and then they flow everywhere through a particular plane which is beyond the range of normal say electronic impulse see the highest is electronic impulses isn't it impulse means suppose i put my hand on on hot hot charcoal or hot dish don't i pull it back my nerves are working over there but the thought is going in where the thought is going on in my top story so it is flowing and it is creating this impulse that means the the impulse is the next generation which is nothing but an action orientation so thought generation is the fourth one all these yeah lymph nodes correct so lymphatic system as we call it yeah that's the that's the word i was saying it is a watery type of thing is flowing all over the body anyway so coming back to this what happens the fourth stage is the thought if i go higher up you will find that the thoughts are generated from the domain of the fourth lord which is shivji himself he is the generative aspect of the lord the thoughts are a continuous flow towards the drain which is which is what we call as ta- tamas the flow is like that and it is continuous activity for the thought to be generated you do not need to be active you could be in a passive state and yet the thought will be generated yesterday there was a very beautiful paper uh, that was published in a science journal now in this particular paper there was a very strange activity that was observed by the scientist we always used to believe that in the deep sleep state nothing is happening you know that there is no activity anywhere the scientists they had stuck the body with all those nodes you know those electrodes and stuff like that and they studied the human body in the normal course how does the thing get generated in the brain the impulses basically there are certain areas which are becoming different colored the moment because they are taking the scan of the entire uh, body of that particular person so how does that thing flow now everybody thought that in sleep there will be no activity as what we say as a brain activity isn't it but what happened was these people were giving a certain amount of data when the person was sleeping the ears are not hearing the eyes are not seeing there is no smell there the none of the senses are working and yet the brain was registering the activity doesn't it tell you something very strange that means what so now you think about it like this we sometimes keep the books under our head and go to sleep sometimes we have this you know something's happening in our mind going on you know and we get up fresh next day morning oh i know the answer eureka 
Archimedes principle. You see the whole point? He suddenly gets up. In the same way, human beings come up with strange answers. So what is happening during this particular period of sleep is there is a brain activity and that's the highest form of activity that is happening which is not physically understood by people. So this is a new thing that has happened in neurosciences. People found that the neurological centers are active even during sleep. So now think about it. The process which we call as the thought. The generation of the thought happens at the bottom of this particular domain. At the crown. That is the place where the whole thing starts. And percolates down to the lowermost level of the body. So this is how the river flows. The river. River means all these things. Remember it is giving food and everything to all the entire body. Isn't it? The entire Bharatvarsh right from top to bottom is getting the river's flow all over. And it is flowing at the... Now remember it had flown in two places called the west, one in the north and one in the south. The south one is the Alakananda which flows right deep down inside and it is going from top to the bottom. Top to the bottom. That is what we say as Alakananda. This Alakananda is the nervous flow, the nerves. They are transmitting this kind of from the top to the bottom their nerve endings final where everything finishes is in the south isn't it there is one which ends in the north and two which end in the west so east west north and south you will find that now west normally we say east west like this isn't it north and south east west front back Okay, not front and back. Nerves are terminating at the back. They are all going to be backward, flowing backwards. So you will find that flow is backwards, north is top, south is bottom, then the front is the eastern facing. Don't make this mistake of right and left. The flow is east. East is we always point towards east. Our nose is always eastern pointing. Back is western pointing. The sun rises in the east, sets in the west. Inside the body the flow is ulta. If you see, the moon and the sun cycle is like this, left to right. Don't mix up these two. So, east, west like that. So, I have explained this entire chapter to you. Uh, if there is anything else that you need to know, you can ask me. I will stop over here. You can ask me any questions.